Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. Well, Lord, we honor you, and we're, we're here because of you, and we want to know you better. And so we invite you to unravel more of your character to us this morning, and we also ask, Holy Spirit, that you would allow us to be vulnerable with each other and to tell the truth, and we say thank you that you have gone before us and you've told us the truth, and you teach us how to be vulnerable and present. So thank you for your Thank you for your character, God. We want to know you better. Reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm a little um, just weepy in a good way, so forgive me if I start crying. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, worship team, Josiah. It's very, very cool. Sweet time with the Lord. Yeah, yeah, give him him a hand. So what have I been learning about the Lord lately? Um, I've, I've walked with God since I was a little kid. And um, so my journey with, with, the, with Jesus has taken different shapes over the years. And lately, um, you know, I'm in my late 30s. I feel like I'm relearning very simple things because I need to. And one of them is uh, learning how to pray again. And um, we turned our garage into a permanent prayer room um, at our house, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll have more regular like prayer events there. But I mostly wanted to do that because I needed a space that I could sneak away to just for the mental discipline to relearn how to pray. I mean, there's really no other way to put it, because I've come to realize that I'm so incredibly distracted that the little, like, little short-sentence conversations with God that I have throughout the day is just not enough for me because I feel like I'm not taking time to listen also to him. And I also feel like I'm so caught up in my, my little individual life that I'm disconnected from not just the world around me but also the the whole world. And I want to be someone who is connected with what is going on in the world and actually prays for God to do things. Because I truly do believe that when Jesus said, if you will tell that mountain to fall into the sea, it'll happen. And if you'll have faith like a child, you will know me, essentially. But I, I don't always put that into practice in my life. So one really simple thing that I've done recently is, um, and I got this from a friend of mine in Africa via Instagram, uh, is that I set, my, I set an alarm on my iPhone for, um, to go off pretty much every day to say, um, pray for women and, women and girls in the Middle East. Because when I think about pe- some of the people that are the most vulnerable in the universe right now, it seems like they're probably in the top three, <laughs> that group of people. Now, here's what's been a struggle for me. 
Okay, so in my mind, I think I'm a person who really has compassion for the vulnerable, and I want to be connected, and I want to pray for them. But this is what's been really interesting. When this alarm goes off every day, usually I'm annoyed. And um, what I find myself doing is saying this prayer to just do it so I can feel like I did it. And I was with a dear friend the other day, Danielle. She was with me when the alarm went off. And I was like, oh, we got to pray. And, and then she goes, Ooh, wait, we can, let's pray. This is a really great thing to pray for. And so we prayed together, and hearing her, her prayer like, just undid my heart a little bit. And she started praying for the, the, the girl on Twitter from Aleppo that got out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's really rough stuff. Yeah, we can't turn our eye. We can't close our eyes to that stuff. And um, yeah, we can. It's actually very easy to. So what that showed me, it's, it's been this uh, really interesting way that the Holy Spirit's been going, oh, Janelle, just let go of your religiousness. Don't worry about this prayer thing. Just talk to me. <laughs> right? And so now when the alarm goes off, what I'm realizing is that God is doing a work on my heart. So I'm going to tell you a cool story now. This isn't, um, this isn't even my story to tell, but because she lives in my house, I'm going to tell it anyway. She gave me permission. So we sing this song, Mercy Triumphs Over Judgment, a lot. Yeah. It comes from Scripture. It's something that is a focal point of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> that through Jesus, mercy truly triumphs over judgment, Right? And we can choose to live this reality every day, or we can choose judgment. Well, uh, my roommate Cindy was robbed this week, just two days ago. She had uh, like a $2,500 laptop in her car, and then she was getting ready to go to a, a shoot. She's a producer, and so she, she's the one who has to carry all the petty cash for the shoot, I guess. And she had like eight grand in cash that she had just taken out from the bank in one of those fancy security zipper pouches, and she had just come out from the bank, and she had locked her car, and she had to run back in for a second, and in the time that it took for her to run back in and run back out, this guy broke into her car and took, like, over 10 grand worth of stuff, and she saw it happen, and while I don't recommend this, she chased him down and basically said, sir, do you have my stuff? You need to give that stuff back, and he wasn't, he wasn't armed, and she was completely completely safe, praise the Lord. But what then happened for the next hour is that she convinced him to give her all of her stuff back and he told her the story of how he had been living out of his car and got laid off from work and has never done anything like this before and is so sorry and is so ashamed and his girlfriend is pregnant and he doesn't know how to take care of her and they're living out of their truck and he was wrongfully evicted and all of this, all of this stuff. <laughs> 
And she ends up praying for him and then promising him that she can help find him a job through friends, connections in her network. And then she says, I could, I could call the cops right now and it would end your life. It would be a felony. But I'm choosing mercy. And from here on out, this is a changing point for you. This is a turning point. The guy's name is Todd. Please pray for him. I actually would really love to try to get him here. <laughs> but I walked away and went, wow, Cindy, I know you, you don't feel like this. She doesn't. She was basically like, I was just trying to get my stuff back. <laughs> but I said, you're a woman of mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. And we have to highlight when we see this kind of stuff happen in the world, we have to highlight it and say, this is a, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's blessing the thief that just tried to steal 10 grand from you. And she wouldn't want me to tell you this, but she ended up giving him money like to walk away blessed after he stole from her. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And it's so sweet of the Lord to have people like this around me because I, I, I need to learn it. <laughs> right? So here's another thing that I've been learning. Um, I'm learning to trust God specifically as a, as a parent that provides. Some of us have had parents that really didn't provide. They really they were abusive, and this is a very difficult concept to understand, but God is a perfect parent, a whole parent. And um, in this city in particular, I think we are, we're in a very unique place because so many people live gig to gig or really probably paycheck to paycheck, and we live in a, so much more uncertainty than in most places in the world where full-time jobs is a much more normal thing. That's actually not a normal thing in Los Angeles. Just stand up today if you like actually have to rely on, you don't have a normal full-time nine-to-five job. Just stand up. Yeah, okay, that's like, that's right. We're halfway there. Whoa, whoa. living on a prayer. Um, that's, yeah, that's like 60% of us, 70% of us. Well, that's me also. And um, it's really interesting because in my life, even though if I were to point to the ways that I could see God having done miraculous things in my life, one of the major areas, there's probably one of two areas, one is that God has done pretty miraculous things for me financially over the years, even in the way of checks from anonymous people and just unbelievable things. Over and over again, he's done it. This is still the area in my life where I still struggle the most, it feels like. And when I start to feel um, vulnerable financially, where I go is not, oh, but I can trust you, God, because you've been a perfect parent to me and you've always provided and, and I can trust you in my vulnerability. What I end up doing is going, oh, but I, man, if I was married the way I so deeply desired, <laughs> I would have someone else that could help take care of me. And so I kind of turn from this truth and I go to this victim thing, which is not true at all. Because anyone who's married would tell me, 
Well, then it's just twice as hard <laughs> financially. Then you had children, and it's like three, four, five times as hard. But this is this place that I go, and lately the Lord has been so sweet to me. In um, There's really no way to explain it except that every day in my job, he ends up giving me this little gift. So I do in-home sales is one of the things that I do. And the people that I've met in the last month, four out of every five homes I leave, someone gives me a tangible, they give me something. Whether it's a book that they've written, a book that they've recently bought that they just felt like they should give me. They give me food, which is my love language. <laughs> they give me little tokens. This one guy clipped off a beautiful carnation and gave it to me. It's, it's been so sweet. It's been, a, it's been a symbolic gesture to me from the Lord of how he takes care of his kids. And he um, keeps challenging me to not worry because I've never been in want. And that's been a really sweet thing to learn, to struggle to learn. <laughs> the, here's the other thing that I think has been a major, a major learning curve for me. Uh, a handful of, it's actually probably a couple months ago, we were going through the I am statements in John as a teaching team, and, and I spoke on Jesus as the gate when he says, I am the gate for my sheep. And um, specifically that one verse, John 10, 9, where the one that we always remember is in John 10, where Jesus says, you know, I have come that they would have life to the full. But, this, you know, previously this thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The verse right before that, Jesus is talking about himself as the gate. And in preparing for that message, more and more I realized, oh, that message was for me. <laughs> I don't know if that was for anybody else. Because what I got out of that studying for that sermon was Jesus as the gate is like a filter for us. Like we can invite him to actually filter through all of the anxious thoughts, all of the stuff that we know is not true, and ask him to be the gate, even in our minds. There's also Jesus as the gate eternally, which is extremely important, but on a day-to-day -day level, he still exists as the gate for us. And he's been, um, he's been doing this for me, even when I don't necessarily ask him to be the gate. Here's one example. So I won't go into specifics, but there's this person, group of people, where I, it feels like I've been wronged by them over and over again. And for some reason, the Lord hasn't let me leave the situation. And what I feel like the Holy Spirit has somehow communicated to me, and this has changed everything, is Janelle, they aren't being malicious towards you. They're just really broken. Janelle, they're, they don't show malice. This is not malice towards you. They're just very immature in, the, in where they are. And what this has done has changed, it's given me a patience and a mercy that I didn't have before. And it's really changed everything in my outlook. And I realize, oh wow, this is how God sees us. 
He can see the difference between maliciousness. He, God knows the difference between rebellion and immaturity. And so he's so gracious towards us in that way. So this is a major thing I'm learning. This is really affecting my relationships, honestly. It's giving me a, a measure of patience where I didn't have it before. Whereas before, I would have been the one who would just want justice. And in my mind, justice means retributive, meaning they have to be punished. They need to be punished. God punished them. But in Jesus and the work of the cross, he gives us the opposite of that. We don't get, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. And so this is something that he's working out in my life in a really major way. Now get ready because I'm going to ask you next, right after this last bit, what what God's teaching you because I really want to know. But lastly, here's something that I, this is really actually overwhelming. It's probably making me cry the most. I'm, having walked with the Lord for many years, there's something that I, I feel like growing up, even growing up studying the Bible pretty, pretty faithfully in churches and in very well-meaning churches where they really love the Lord. I feel like I've, I still am trying to understand the character of God in the Old Testament. And I feel like I've missed something. And more and more, I'm convinced that without understanding the fullness of the Old Testament, we won't understand Jesus' fullness, the fullness of Jesus. Because the only Bible Jesus had and the only Bible the early church had was the Old Testament. And so I, I feel very fortunate. This is another gift from the Lord, just from a Amazon wild goose chase. There's really no other way to put it. Or through some comments that I read. I ended up buying this book. And um, all this is is a collection of uh, lectures on Old Testament theology from a scholar, like a professor who's also a pastor. Really accessible, really easy to read. You don't have to have gone to seminary like me to understand it. And it's unlocking God's character in the Old Testament to me in a way that I haven't experienced in a very, very long time. Like, I'm crying reading it. And I just, I think I'm on a journey of understanding the kindness and the goodness of God um, through really simple stories like Abraham in, in Genesis, where here's a guy who, I mean, I've heard this story maybe 1,500 times, Abraham <laughs> God reveals himself to this ordinary man. And Abraham without having any grid, without any scripture, without any church, without any formal religion, without any past pretext the God of the, the universe reveals himself to Abraham and Abraham trusts that he's good and he wants, his good, he wants good things for him. And essentially it says that was credited to Abraham as righteousness. And the whole Jewish faith and the entire 
the entirety of our faith has been built on Abraham, right? And so I've just been blown away relearning Abraham's reflex towards God because we have the benefit of not just the Old and New Testaments, not just the whole history of the saints and the early church going up until contemporary times. We not only have, Je- we not only have Jesus, but I don't know about you, my reflex is still sometimes to distrust the goodness of God. Even with all of this rational, all these things we know. So I, I want to ask that the Lord would give us the heart of Abraham in the simplicity of his trust, right? Those are the things I'm learning.